welcome to the Good Road Podcast, where we talk about creativity, connectivity, and community with anybody involved in the arts, in our home city of Litchfield, and, and the world at large. Hello, good evening, and welcome to this, the sixth Good Road Podcast, and um, we're back after a short interval. Say hello, Alan. Good afternoon. It's evening. Good evening. <laughs> it's early evening. And we're here this evening with some younglings who are now going to introduce themselves with their ages. Um, 14. I'm Zephan Rowe. Good morning. Um, I'm Ben Hayfield. I'm 19. Now, even at these sort of tender ages, they're already very uh, kind of established in the field of Litchfield arts and are busily transforming themselves and their lives. <laughs> Zephan just coming up to his GCSEs next year that is next yeah, year yeah. just coming up to and <laughs> Ben you're just about to leave Litchfield yep you're fleeing not burning mob but you're actually going where are you going to study yeah. yeah very far where are you going uh Chichester Chichester all the way down south I know how that is it's a city yeah city yeah okay so why did you choose it and what are you going to do there um uh, I just I went there for an open day. I thought it was a really nice place, and I'm going to do music performance to do singing, which should be cool. Absolutely. So, talk a little bit then about the things that you've already done musically in Lichfield. The things you're most proud of. Um. So I've done musical theatre since I was about four or so. I've been in Oliver a couple of times. Um, well, as the Beast. As the Beast. <laughs> as as the Oliver. Yeah. So I did one where I played Oliver and one where I played the Artful Dodger. Yeah. Which are those were it was pretty fun. Pretty so who did you prefer, Oliver um, or the Dodger? I think Dodger is more fun, but I think Oliver was more of a a big moment for me because it's my first kind of major part. So. And did you hit the high notes in uh, Where Is Love? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think I could be doing that these days. Though. <laughs> <laughs> You've just got to learn to sing a falsetto, yes. all right? So you need to work out with those medieval madrigals. <laughs> so talk a little bit about your favourite uh, memories of Oliver then. Oh, to be fair, it's so long ago that um, I can't the remember. The of time. <laughs> uh, um, just, yeah, just singing those songs, like for the first time in front of people, because I'd never really, w w was like a main role before. So it was just such a big moment doing everything for the first time. Who, who was it with? Uh, it was with Clock. Oliver Clock. was Clock in Sutton Coalfield and then uh, the other one was with West Bromwich Operatic Society Youth Theatre at the Garrick so you travelled far and wide then. oh yes you're loyal to over, nothing and nobody over. are you I could say that fantastic okay <laughs> so that was Oliver that was your kind of launch in yes. fact it was one of the first shows I went to see I think at the uh, at the Hippodrome or the Alex in Birmingham when I was about six or seven oh. and it gripped me similarly although I didn't perform in it uh, I think I was cast as Bill Sykes, but I never ended up doing oh, I'd that. Love to do that. So come on, well, another great memory of uh, something a bit, maybe a bit older when you were a bit older. Um, I think one of my like favourite memories with performing was when I played Joseph just a few years back at yeah. the, uh, the town hall again. Um, Following yeah. in the footsteps of Jason Donovan, no that's, less. That's the one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that was with Sutton Coldfield Musical Youth Theatre. Yep, which I was also in. You still what, are. What were you, Zephanos? <laughs> I was, um, uh, was it Judah? I think that's the one. Yeah. One of the brothers. Of the 12 tribes of Israel, no less. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Mr. Lumpy did that, didn't he? Was he? Did he direct it? Yes. yes. It was Lumpy. Yeah. A good production. So these are Pretty solid gosh. productions. So um, what would you say has been your favourite thing so far that you've done? 
Um, I think everything I do, I enjoy slightly more than the last thing, which... So you're still on the ascendant. Yes, yeah, it's, it's still, it just yeah. keeps getting better. But um, yeah, I, we did Little Shop of Horrors earlier this year, and that was super fun to do. So maybe that, was maybe... That, was that because you were a murderer? Yeah, that was a... That <laughs> you was were the a, dentist? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was, was, I was a murderer in that as well. Yes. The plant, which I think I would say was a challenge, but that was also my favourite. Why? Of... I think just really playing that kind of um, incredible character so different from me, I thought was really fun um, and really creative to get inside the mind of someone, or something, I should say, so interesting. Okay, so you worked together on that. So what was the vibe like? Did everybody get on? Was it was it well-managed or are there tensions? Uh, well... <laughs> I'm be honest, boys. Every, everyone got on, really. Yes. But there's, there's always tensions with these things. Is I mean, it, there clicky. are always things that happen. Is it clicky? I think everything's a little bit clicky here and there. But I think overall, the atmosphere it, it was, was nice. very supportive. Yeah, everyone's, kind of, um, everyone's always gotten on in that company. Yeah, and it was an enjoyable experience. Now, you're, you're about to launch yourself, as, just, as we were talking about, on a career path that's going to take you into musical theatre. Yes. So... so that's the end result that's what you want to do yeah well i i it's it always has been musical theater but in the last few years it's more become focused on just music itself as a specifically so that's why i'm doing the music performance as opposed to a, th a theatrical thing at uni but but anything really i just i like performing so now you've worked with uh with alan here yes. on, a, on our project mm -hmm. uh, the legend of dinosaur george muldoon and you've you've done recordings. You've done a lot of recording. Yes. So has that, how has that helped you? Has it helped you? Ah, I think it really has. It's been a very interesting experience. Just being able to like try to record, especially because it's new material as well that hasn't existed already. So you're, you're trying to kind of create something at the same time. It's just it's a, it's a very interesting experience, and it's very fun to kind of just go through it step by step. And you've really worked your voice, haven't you? You've kind of grown into that, uh, like a like new parts of yourself yeah. but also into new parts of your voice but yeah. say, say a little bit a, about that yeah. well it has been challenging you, you could say because it's a uh, you know the part's got a very big range lots of lots of low bits lots of really high bits lots of you know pushing yourself and trying to work out how to do things in different ways to make it sound the way we want it to sound and uh yeah, yeah there, was, there was a lot of ex experimentation wasn't there really and i had to um we, we we sort of i did it first and then you tried to emulate what i did but then but you know my approach is not necessarily the best way and, and you kind of had to work out how to do it for yourself to hit the same effect that's the thing because i think it comes down to the fact that everyone's voice you know works differently so to get the same kind of effect that you want you have to try different ways to try and get that sound but there was times actually there was one song recently where i don't know what the high note was you might know because you were playing it on the piano but um you 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 just weren't happy with the performance you did and and I said well you know we could we could pitch shift it because we're basically just trying ah. to record demos right now and and so the end product needs to just sound good it doesn't have to be something that is directly performable on a stage but you were like no no I'm not I'm not <laughs> accepting that we're not pitching it shifting it I'll, I'll go away and I'll work at it and then you came back the following week and you'd obviously worked out how you could do it and you just did it in the first take I think yeah that was a that was a fun moment I didn't want to feel like I cheated at it at all. It was a, I think it was a high B flat, a B flat four. I knew you knew. Yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I worked on that over the week and then we, uh, we found a way to do it in the end, which I'm happy about. But then of course the following week, what you didn't realize was that the next track you had to do was even higher. <laughs> it just gets higher. It just keeps getting higher. <laughs> it's just one long 
torture session, isn't it? Really? <laughs> yeah. So um, just talk a little bit about how COVID did or didn't affect you. I mean, we kind of had two years where, I mean, you guys have both been very busy. I mean, you, you started about four, and I think you started about 18 minutes after you were born you? <laughs> um, doing stuff. So, I mean, did you feel that? I mean, did COVID affect you and your sort of cohort? I, I think it, it definitely did for me because... Um, before COVID, we were meant to be doing Jesus Christ Superstar, and uh, I was going to be playing, yeah, with yep. the same company. I was going to be playing Judas in that, and you know, very challenging role. And I was really, I was really getting into it, really looking forward to it. And lockdown kind of took that all away. But I think lockdown was when I really discovered my love for specifically the music side of things, as opposed to the, you know, theatre as a whole. I, I know that my focus is on music, and I really kind of discovered that during lockdown because there was a lot of empty time where I. Uh, you know, I, I learned a lot. And I, so are you sort of saying that you went outside of musical theatre into just bands and stuff like that? Yeah, I, th- I think that kind of started around lockdown. And then, because um, I, I remember the other side of lockdown, going back to school to do musical theatre, it just felt weird. It just. What, what, what do you mean by that? Has it moved on that you didn't feel comfortable in it? I just, I think I felt very different to everybody else. I felt that I, I was very different to them because I preferred different things i much more focused on the music side of it on singing and different types of music whereas uh instead of theater and i think that really that change really took place over lockdown do you think that audiences will go back in the same numbers that they did pre-covid i think in a in a sense they 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 started they've already started to with some things Mm -hmm. they had a um a performance of chess on the theater royale drury lane and uh, it was meant to be a one-night thing but so many people bought tickets that they they did two more performances of it so uh, yeah yeah i i think i think things are getting back to normal in that in that respect and do you think there'll be or should be works that reflect the kind of covid time oh yeah definitely I, i think uh a lot a lot happened and we can't ignore that and i think a lot of people really um got creative during covid as well so a lot of new kind of material started to start to percolate yeah. through what about you zef same question to you how did you brook imprisonment yeah well similar to ben i mean um i was in uh, jesus christ superstar as well and i was cast as anas um and it was the first time that i kind of had like a big role um within the company and within musical theater in general so I was excited about that, and I guess that was sad uh, when that was taken away. But um, I think, for me, it probably hit harder, because um, as being younger to Ben, I kind of didn't have the same connection with music um, in general that I think you found. Yeah. So I would say that, for me, kind of everything went away, and so I, I, I struggled in that respect. But I think... In a way, it's meant coming back to it has kind of been more even greater because there's been a lack of it for the last two years. We, we probably should mention, though, actually, that um, because Stuart is your godfather and he was in our bubble, um, that that meant that throughout COVID, he was able to sort of be in the same house as us. And, and you two had written um, uh, a, a good row um, nativity, nativity show, show yeah. which we uh, which we kind of filmed during the lockdowns because Stuart very insanely decided that it was okay to turn his house into a green screen studio and uh, every weekend we we basically recorded that and I, I will say that i think that that was an incredible experience that i really enjoyed working on and i thought um that i was incredibly uh, proud with the result and i thought it was an incredibly um useful experience so i think we wouldn't have had that um 
if lockdown hadn't have been to the same extremes. So from that perspective, I'd, I would say, yeah, it kind of gave an important pause to kind of develop skills and improve. Yeah, I mean, it was it was wonderful to write. And then I, it just felt like, well, the government in the initial period of COVID was paying for our time. And, um, and I think there's a sense, particularly at your age, that every day every week every hour is is important yeah you know what i mean that you grow and develop at such a rate that you you um that you have to use all of that time and be productive you know one of the things we you know the pod is about really is about creativity so talk a little bit then about the other directions you're creative in yeah know? so um i'm kind of really creative in uh like writing mm-hmm. so i have um i'm really interested in philosophy um and so essays around that really interest me and i've done quite a few of them and they're sort of really exciting um also i'm guess it's not creative but uh very interested in i guess just like science and mathematics and the kind of the art of that and the development of that and so i think that's something that I've kind of been very interested in and that has through lockdown I've been able to develop um so yeah okay what about you Ben what other directions are you creative in um to be fair the, the music thing in general is, is such a new thing for me because it's always been about acting and mm-hmm. being on stage where the kind of that that being creative specifically musically like writing songs and stuff like that is such a new thing to me so that's can you play any instruments um during lockdown i started to learn how to play you know some basic stuff on piano and things like understanding how it worked and then um guitar as well and i've started having lessons for that as well so kind of were you aware of friends within your kind of you know cohort or in your immediate experience who were struggled who struggled with lockdown yeah I, well i think i think most people struggled with it in in some way obviously so how do you think they struggled well because just you know not being able to see people not being able to go out you know so many people rely so heavily on being sociable and being out of the house and stuff that that being taken away is uh, is, is horrible hmm. but i think um i think people really did find ways to cope with stuff and as I say, people got extremely creative in in lockdown as we just uh, yeah found out with the uh, nativity thing but uh, yeah I, I think I, I did know quite a few people who they, they definitely did struggle with it, but I think everyone is everyone pushed through it in the end. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you've, I don't know if we're at a post COVID age yet, but you've already started to go back and do shows again. Yeah. Uh, you were in that wonderful drama at the Garrick mm-hmm. where you, it was an ensemble cast. Yes. Dear brother, Liebersfester. Yeah, tell, tell us a little bit about that and about the process then of work. Yeah. Together. So there was this girl, um, who just done GCSE history. And one of the things we do in GCSE history is uh, Germany through the Second World War. And I think um, she kind of thought that there was a lack of, I guess, sympathy for the uh, people that lived the experiences of Nazi Germany and sort of representation for the everyday lives of these people. So she decided to write this play essentially about this this brother and sister um, and about their lives during the development of Nazi Germany and then ultimately World War Two, um, and so at the Garrick, uh, the young rep at the Garrick decided to do this show to pick it up, um, and I was cast as the brother, the male lead in it, and so for me that was an incredible experience because that's the biggest role I've ever played, and so in order to be able to kind of um, perform that, uh, I guess like poignant and important perspective of history, I think was really 
really beneficial and also there's a lot of skills that we learn that we wouldn't otherwise learn such as um like you said Stuart the kind of a whole ensemble aspect yeah, of it yeah i mean that was what was lovely and and it f- and also this device of it almost being like a radio play yeah. where you yeah. came out to the front of the, the microphone exactly. and you sort of spoke spoke the dialogue yeah. uh it was a- and it was socially distant wasn't it Certainly the rehearsal program. Well, <clears throat> there was a point whereby I think they were told by the council that they had to run socially def- distant um, rehearsals. That kind of eased up closer to the time of the show. But for a while, yeah, we were rehearsing socially distant. Yeah, yeah. So what about you, Ben? Have you have you crept the boards once more or have you yet to do that since COVID? Uh, well, I don't know if it's ended, but yeah. Um, aside, aside from Little Shop of Horrors, yeah, not, yeah. not really since... Uh, since COVID, I don't think. I've been working him too hard on Muldoon. He's, yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's exhausted. So what, okay, just to sort of wind the clock forward a, a little bit. Um, I mean, the fees for university are quite high, aren't they? They are. You know, I mean, I, I met a young girl in um, in Bradford the other day. And she was an overseas student and she was going to be paying something in the region of like 9,000 a, a term yeah. over three years. And because she's overseas, she's... she's um, you know, she's going to be paying double that. So does that concern you that you're kind of, I mean, obviously, you know, if you've got parents, they can pick up the debt. But if, if you don't have parents who can afford that, you're kind of um, entering a life of debt. So, uh, so can you talk a little bit about that? How you feel about that? Well, I, I think <laughs> it is mildly terrifying, but I think um, so many people these days go to uni. It's become such a like standard thing for people that I think people are just, used to it because mm-hmm. um my brother went and he basically says that it becomes um like a little extra bill each month really and um apparently most people don't ever even pay it off yeah, anyway yeah. but it is just a, a life in debt which sounds wonderful yeah <laughs> so it's a burden none of us uh would wish for yeah do you feel um that as a burden do you think there's more pressure on you then to sort of succeed i think possibly i think that the fact that I'm going to be in debt um, from from uni d- does add a little bit of pressure, but I think I want to succeed anyway. Anyway, so yeah, that yeah. that's it's my main focus. Of course, in all of course. This. And what for you does success look like? I just I just want to do music yeah. specifically. I just want to be a performer of of some kind in any way I can. Do you think it helps that you've got in a way you're so focused on one thing? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it does because. I've been through times where I've been like, oh, I, I want to do this. Maybe I want to do that. Maybe I want to do this. But I think at the moment, my, my head is just so focused on doing music and it's, I don't want to do anything else. And I, I have the mentality that somebody in the world has to be successful yeah, and yeah. I will just do my best. Cool. What about you? I mean, you're kind of five years younger, though you appear five years older. <laughs> um I mean, in a way, you've got lots of different avenues and choices. Have, have you alighted on a, a single pathway at the moment, or are you just still sort of weighing your options? I think the chaos is uh, ever-increasing in terms of what will happen. I think there's lots of different avenues that I could go down. Um, and I think from the perspective that I've still got roughly four years at school left, um, I can kind of weigh up different options. Obviously, there's uh, drama um, and the potential that, that 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 can go to directing as well as something that interests me, but I think I'm also interested with the cl- current climate as well, law, um, being a barrister, that kind of thing, um, which I think would be very interesting for me. Okay, 
So in terms of what you've done so far, what would you say has been the most uh, important or pivotal you know, moments in your own development? You know, when did things change for you in, in, in the most positive ways? I think for me, I have to say, it was the first time that we did A Christmas Carol. Right, so um, that's with... Good Road Productions yes, back in 2013, 2014, 2015. Okay, so why was that then? That was the first time that I had done something that was like a genuinely, I guess, challenging piece of drama. It wasn't sort of um, like the kind of thing like a stage group would do or something. It was interesting, it was dynamic, it was very kind of old and well-respected work that um, we were able to take and make something interesting out of. I enjoyed the whole playing multiple characters aspect of it, um, but it was the first time where I could say, okay, I've done some kind of piece of drama that I feel proud about and that I want to, that makes me want to pursue it further. And you were actually only seven. And I was only seven, <laughs> and I was, I was just so uh, in awe at the whole experience, and I thought, I've got to do this again. Because I just, I just, it was incredible. So, I mean, you were kind of in pole position because we, <laughs> we were doing that and we, you were sort of thrust into the limelight. <laughs> Do you think other people lack that kind of entrance into this world? Because, I mean, our remit was always to work with, you know, people of whatever standard and, and whatever level. And do you think some of these groups that, you know, that exist are a little bit elitist and, 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 and stop people from sort of um, kind of going forward and experiencing that? I think there is definitely um, some elitism that goes around um, and some favouritism, but I think that's unavoidable with drama. I think groups are always going to have members that have been there for a long time. and But I think because of the amount these days of groups, there's always somewhere that you can audition for and a show that you can be in, even if it takes you a few shows to become a lead role. I think um, at this point, there are, there's just such a variety of things that performance can do, especially of my age. So I think we're really privileged in that aspect. It does seem, and just looking at your kind of uh, list of things that you've done over the last, say, five years, I mean... It seemed to be in the past that you'd affiliate with a group. And yeah. You stayed with that group. Um, but you're far, you're far more promiscuous. Uh, yeah. You know, you... As is Ben, because he mentioned several that he did when he was uh, younger. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was not a thing for us. You, you know, you were very much, you're in that group, you stay in that group. Was that always something that was part of your kind of menu of choices, Ben, that you, you could travel between groups and do different things? I think, uh, especially when I was younger, I was, I, I liked to, be in a group and just kind of stay there. I stayed for a few shows because I just wanted opportunities and stuff. But I think as you get older, there's so many groups to choose from that if you want to do something else, you you just kind of can. So uh, there, there probably isn't a loyalty that there, there was at one point. Yeah, but. I think that's the same with me. I think... Um, I potentially think if you just get stuck in one group, then it limits the opportunities of shows that you can do that you will enjoy for you. So um, I tend to audition for things on the sh basis of the show yeah. as opposed to the group. It seems in an accelerating culture, things come together very quickly and then yeah. they kind of do what they're going to do and then they fall away. Do you feel the pull of, 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 of other cities? I mean, Litchfield's a city. Do you feel the, I mean, the pull of Birmingham? Do you feel the pull of London? Um, yeah, I mean, we've been to Edinburgh yeah. and I really thought that was incredible. And I, 
I think I do lean towards urban life as a future. Uh, recently, we went to Oxford, um, and I really enjoyed that. So yeah, I think for me, it's it's always been and it always will will be living in an urban environment. What about you, Ben? Would you be prepared to go uh, live in and work in London? I'm happy to live absolutely anywhere as long as I can, uh, <laughs> as long as I can sing a little bit. So. Yeah. How far away is uni from London? Oh gosh. Um, I don't, I don't even know. Ch- I think it's probably about eighty mile, isn't it, Chichester? Yeah, it, it, it's it's a distance. Yeah. <laughs> for, for, I mean, the limited experience I have of the music industry is that London is just still really, really important, and it's it's just because that's where people are. Yeah. And and that's where the opportunities are. I mean, when when I used to do gigs in London, the difference that you could feel as you drove towards the uh, the, the outskirts and you start to see all these posters on the side of the road it just immediately hits you that there's just so much more going on in that city than any other, unfortunately. That's not to say there's not lots of good stuff going on in other cities, but it's just so prevalent in London. And unfortunately, that is where the money is. Yes. And it's also where things are the most expensive. <laughs> yeah. So um, we've talked a little bit about your creativity, and obviously you've both been immersed in, you know, mu- particularly musical theatre, you theatre as well, uh, yeah. with us and other things. What about communities uh, in terms of a theatre community or community? I mean, how do you kind of interact with your community? Is it just, is it solely through doing projects with them? I think it starts to expand outwards. I mean, we've met up with various people from outside of groups before yeah. i know yeah um and so i think that it starts off from the perspective of that that group um that you do a show with but it becomes friendship um and it becomes an environment with people like you who have interests like you it, it seems to me as an observation that in general particularly from school that school kids they just hang around usually with their own age group right but it seems to me that theatre is a thing which enables groups that are from different generations or different ages to, to interact and, and, you know, can form friendships because of that. That's exactly definitely, it. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, so what about the connectivity aspect? I mean, in terms of um, getting successful, um, do you have any idea about what that entails in terms of, I mean, how do you get successful in the, in the, in the industry? Are you just waiting for somebody to, to discover you? Or how will you go about kind of promoting yourself? Have you got an idea about that? Well, I mean, I'm sort of haven't... Uh, I'm not that knowledgeable about the way in which you can be successful in the musical theatre industry. I think that kind of time will help that. But I, I, de- I definitely think that it's... You'll struggle um, to be successful successful if you just wait for opportunities um, in the musical theatre industry. What about you, Ben? What, what's your thoughts? Are you, you're a bit well, further along in that sort of uh, process. You're going to uni. Has anybody talked to you about that? You know, I think, well, because I was so focused on musical theatre mm-hmm. for so many years that, you know, for so long I was dead set on going to a drama school and, and you know, getting an agent on the other side of it and then kind of going from there. But um, with the music, I'm also slightly slightly clueless so I, I plan on getting there and properly planning everything out when i uh hopefully seeing things come together 
So there's a, I mean, there's a gap there, it seems, in terms of uh, bridging knowledge, isn't it? Because otherwise, what can happen is that you just become like this big fish in a small pond. Yeah. You know, and uh, I recently went on a tour with a company and we, we went to London and Birmingham and Worcester and Bristol and did shows. And I just thought there's a journey there for people uh, and, they, and they need to be aware of that. So maybe that's something that we could sort of look at. Uh, look at sort of putting on some uh, some workshops to explore would you for instance like to have an agent now is there anything that would sort of stop you from doing that or are you, you going to wait till you've got your um, your kind of uh, university education out of the way before you kind of pursue that I was going to say I think I want to I want to properly go to uni and yeah. get all of the understanding that I, I want to get out of uni first and I think that will come with a lot of opportunities in itself with performances and stuff like that but um but yeah and then focus on the other stuff on the other side of it but i want to start to plan my future while Much i'm more. there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, one thing you can try to seek to do and hopefully the university will give you that chance and the opportunity is is to basically do backing vocals for larger artists yeah because you know they will be on tour or doing um bigger shows and if you can get part of the entourage then you can um you can see how things work yeah i mean also there's a friend of ours uh, at lipper uh and she's been there a couple of years and she's discovering that although you get a great grounding one of the in in the kind of skill set that you'll need the thing that you most need is this kind of dogged pursuit of of your own journey of your own quest so again if you're if you're sitting around and waiting for things to happen you know things don't necessarily happen mm-hmm. and and the whole thing that i think is lacking is this sort of grounding in in business and self-promotion and the idea that an agent's going to do it for you yeah i mean most of the jobs that i've done professionally you know theater wise have come through people i've known i mean if i'm honest but also about pursuing things myself um and i don't think that is part of this what's projected into your future and i think that's a massive gap uh, at a lot of August institutions, they don't see that it's there in their remit to prepare you for a life in the theatre, and they yeah. don't necessarily give you the skills. We were t- we were talking about this the other day. I think, um, in, what in disagreement or in agreement? No, in agreement okay. because I think that that from our experience of uh, musical theatre, I think there are a lot of people um, who sort of just kind of think, oh yeah, I'm going to go on, I'm going to be successful, um, famous, and everything, but. I don't necessarily think that um, everyone is necessarily willing to actually put the work in and realise what that actually means. So mm. I think there are a lot of people um, who do musical theatre that do just sort of expect that they're going to be successful. Yeah, and they have. I mean, I, I just did a do- job where I was kind of touring around these parked in resorts in the north of England. And, you know, you have these ENTS teams, the entertainment teams. And a lot of those kids have come from you know, kind of, uh, you know, university uh, degree courses. And this is their first couple of years. And they're singing, they're dancing, but they're also doing a whole other bunch of uh, things. Now, it's not possibly the most glamorous thing. It's not like, you know, singing, I don't know, Joseph in, you know, at the Hippodrome or doing Oliver maybe in Drury Lane or wherever they do it, you know. But it does give you a kind of grounding in the industry and this, this notion that, it's not like you're going to work for five days a year and the rest of the time you're going to be, you know, it's running around Antigua or whatever. You know, they are working and working hard f- f- for whole seasons. And I think, like, that's something else as well when you're 
been in the industry, uh, you, you kind of see that, um, that there's a lot of illusion and there's a lot of glamour around it that, in a sense, you know, uh, could and should be dispelled. So in terms of um, work then, what do you think would be a great way of getting into theatre to work? Or, or music. Or music to work. I, well, I, I personally just plan on just taking every opportunity I can, looking for opportunities where I can to do anything I can. Because I think any connections, as, as you say, connections are, are an important thing. Any connections you can make are, are, are valuable. And uh, I think so many people, they, they say they want to do things, but they do just kind of love the idea of the kind of glamour of, yeah, yeah. of being, exactly. a, being an, an actor. I know it like, sounds a bit cruel to bring it up, but in a, in a way, it's kind of like preparing you for that graft. Because if you go through this, as a lot of people have, that you go through the kind of process, you go into debt, you get this degree, this wonderful piece of paper, and then you come out at the end of it and you don't have the requisite skills to proceed unless you're very, very lucky. All right. So, it, I mean, I don't want to sound a note of caution, but on, a, on another level, I do want to sound a note of caution about that. About that. Would you add anything to that? Well, we were talking about um, the four Ps, weren't we? Yeah, tell them about the four Ps. I have mentioned it to Ben, but the, the four Ps is is purpose to kind of artistically understand the purpose of what you're trying to do. And then planning is the second P. And Why do they need to plan? Because... because <laughs> <laughs> I have my answer. <laughs> Those who don't plan are planning to fail. <laughs> that's, the, that's the obvious answer. But uh, to, planning can also be, you know, like a release schedule. For example, if you've recorded an album or something, it's it's how you're actually going to take it to market. It could be a, a project, um, how you plan that. The third P is production, which is the thing which most artists just spend all their time in. We certainly do. Yeah, we're kind of addicted to it, uh, mainly because we don't have to earn a living doing it. Yeah. It can be yeah. our leisure. Yeah, so production is the funnest part. And then promotion is the probably the hardest part, which is the fourth P. And so I think really thinking about that and thinking about the artistry and the artistic drive that you might have will, will help. I've already said to Ben that he's welcome to take any of my songs because I'm not going to do anything with them. No one's going to discover me at my age. So, uh, you know, I've written some songs. If that's of, of use, then, you know, that, that could be beneficial. Because one thing that I know when I was making music as a, a younger person, um, that actually you haven't developed the, the songwriting skills at that point. And, uh, and it is useful to have your own material. It's, you know, it, it can be great to work with other people's material, but it can be particularly if you are coming at it from the artistic perspective where you want to be an artist, then having uh, your own material is important. And it's hard when you're that young and you don't have the skills to do that. So to actually be able to, you know, go to university, see what the talent is, think about what could be done with that, to plan that, to get a group of people together, and then maybe to even have some material to work on would be a great start, I think. And... Uh just one final question, okay. Um, if you could give advice to your younger self, Zeph, what would it be? A piece of advice. Um, that's an interesting question. I'd say uh, don't be so fixed. Don't um, sort of just... 
Isn't that some advice you'd give to your present? <laughs> stop it, father, stop it. You know, we're trying to be kind. No, that's just rude. So, I would say, um, so don't decide that uh, because you've decided this avenue, that's what absolutely has to happen. I think um, it's important, like we were discussing, in order to be successful, um, to actually have multiple doors that you could possibly pursue and sort of more of a fluid plan of things. So okay. I'd, I'd say don't, don't get in just one mindset to my younger self is what I'd say. Well done, Ben. To be fair, I, I, a similar sort of thing, to be honest, because I've always been so stuck in my ways with things, as, as young people do tend to yeah. be, um, very stubborn. And uh, I, I've been through a lot of phases in my life where I, I, I like a musical and I'll only sing songs from that musical for a time. And I think... If I'd maybe been a bit more open when I was younger, I would be a bit more knowledgeable now. Do you um, think you'd be further on? I, I, th- I think so. Yeah, I think. I think if if I hadn't always been so like set on, oh, I want to be on a stage and I want to be playing Javert when I'm older, yeah, yeah. Uh, and more like just loving the kind of art of yeah, music yeah. and stuff. Do you think you could have been more active in the way you you went after things or you pursued things? I, I think possibly, but I, I think I also have. I've enjoyed everything I've done and it has been, you know, it's kind of a a hobby in a sense and I've had fun doing all the stuff I've done. I think if if I had advice myself, it'd be to focus on the music stuff younger, like learn an instrument because I was always a bit kind of close to it. So uh, just to think about your future then, um, because obviously you've spent a long time of your life in musical theatre and you've now kind of moved away, not completely away, but moved more towards sort of music as a as a industry so just quickly tell us a little bit about some of your mo- most recent converted influences so who are you into at the moment oh, what gosh. what kind of um, music is inspiring you oh. to actually want to make music well I, th- I think within the past year it's it's gone from listening to the same sort of things on repeat to just a, a very vast array of just different music and i've just been much more open to listening to stuff in general i uh Went through a pretty big Radiohead phase recently, which was uh, <laughs> lovely for everyone. But, um, you know, just Aerosmith, Guns N' Roses, so many, like, rock bands that I just never would have even thought that I would listen to. I just I just love. So that, in a sense, is because your voice needs it. You want to almost acquire those voices and those yeah. registers in your, own, yeah. in your own technique. I would love to. Because yeah. <laughs> whilst we've been recording some of the Muldoon songs, I've had to sort of make some references and say, well... I approach it by listening to the guy from Journey or something, and then you've gone off and actually done that, and yeah. come back and given it a go, so I can hear that. And yeah, expanding um, your horizons to sort of just see the full raft of of what the voice can do can only help you, I think. Okay, this is a, this is a cruel question, but it's a bit of a bookend. Um, what question would you ask of your future self ten years down the line? What would you want to ask your future self? I would say. Um, I would say, how well have you spent your time? Because I think something I'm conscious of now, as I'm starting my GCSEs, I've got a lot more schoolwork on on my hands. Actually, how can I use my time in a productive way where I can still harness my other interests? So yeah, I'd say, actually, in this last 10 years, how have you been able to use your time to develop yourself? Cool. Fair. I'd probably ask about regrets because I, I think that's one thing. Have, that you, I, have you had a few? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too few to mention. What's that? What is that song? My Way? That's the one. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I probably would ask about regrets because I, I think it's it's something that I, I'm very scared of, the idea of 
getting to the other side of uni where there's so many opportunities and then thinking I could have done this I could have done that and I that's what I want to avoid I guess that yeah that's kind of what I was linking into my yeah. whole thing about time so time is the is the great enemy in a way exactly yeah uh, particularly uh, if you're in musical theatre um, <laughs> one last question then how guys would you define success what does success look like for you at this point you're 19 you're 14 what does it look like what how would it appear to you in your imagination if you were to look into the the mirror of Arasem well I I kind of linking into what I was said about not being fixed I don't think it's necessarily one pinpoint of one thing I think for me it's just being content and able to do something with my life that I enjoy it's not necessarily a great monetary value not necessarily having a big family or anything any of the conventional things I think it's just being content and being able to spend your life doing something you enjoy what about you Ben I think I I, I 100% agree with that I, th I think right now I can say oh success is if I'm a rock star in 10 years <laughs> yeah, time yeah, yeah. but then again at the end of the day things change people change I just want to do something I enjoy not have any regrets while doing it and just be happy doing whatever I'm doing so it would be great if we could meet up in 10 years time and see <laughs> how much you'll put it in the diary changed. now we'll put it in the diary i've got my wall planner <laughs> guys thank you so much for for submitting yourself to this interrogation <laughs> we didn't really give you any f leads about where we were going with this but well that's because we didn't know well you know we did and um <laughs> we all knew we all knew um but yeah i think it's it's incredibly helpful to even if you can't answer the questions to ask them and hopefully people of your age or in you know in the same point in their journey will be asking those questions so thank you for putting your out yourselves out there anything you'd like to finish with albert i'd just really like to thank you ben um for all of the time that you've put in over this summer before you go to university because um we now have a body of songs for for muldoon the musical which um is enriched by your contribution so thank you i want to echo that thank you thank you both of you Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye. Good Road Podcast. Where we talk about creativity, connectivity, and community with anybody involved in the arts. In our home city of Litchfield and, and the world at large. large.